0: Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about weight loss and wellness. I'm delighted to welcome special guest, Dr. Dale Richards. Dr. Dale is a chiropractor, an expert in proactive health care, and the owner of Absolutely Beautiful Weight Loss and Wellness Clinic. You can reach Dr. Dale at his website, absolutelybeautiful.net, and I'll include a link in the show notes. Welcome, Dr. Dale. I'm so glad that you could join with me today.
1: Well, thanks for inviting me.
0: I am so excited to have this conversation. And before we get into all of the awesome things, I love to hear backstories. So is it okay? I understand that your inspiration to start studying this field of of health and wellness is a story about your mother. Would you be willing to share that?
1: Yeah, my mom was uh, basically, I remember from the time I was 12 and past that, she was always sick. She was always on different medications it was kind of um, a thing where, like once or twice a year, she was in the hospital for something, and um, I would send her supplements all the time because, as my training, I knew what to give her and all that kind of stuff. And and the problem is, nobody taught her how to eat properly, so she was malnourished and basically, unfortunately, she died at the age of sixty.
0: Oh, young. Yeah.
1: So she was always in pain, and she just and she weighed like eighty five pounds at the time, and. And I was, I, I thought, you know what? I can't let other people go through this kind of thing. So I want to educate people on nutrition. And the best way I found in my life was I went to the chiropractic route because I wanted to work naturally with the body. I saw my mom was on one medicine that was fixing what this other medicine did and so forth. And so basically, and, and unfortunately she got, you know, painkillers were the biggest thing because she was always in pain and those just destroyed the, her internal structure. Mm. And, um, you know, so. That was the point where I decided, you know what, I don't want to go that route, so I switched what I was studying in school, and I went into chiropractic because I wanted to learn about nutrition, and I wanted to learn, we're not deficient in in pills, we're not deficient in, um, you know, prescriptions, we're just deficient in, in the proper nutrients that we're taking in, and so I just made that my mission to just help people with that kind of thing.
0: So, and it's about proper nutrition. And I'm surprised when you mentioned that your mom was so light that, that, I mean, it wasn't that she was overweight or anything like that, but somehow the nutrition things were lacking. Now, and you've talked about food and eating the right kinds of foods, but sometimes that's not enough. And you teach and talk about gut health. Now, some people have not heard that term before and might not even understand what that means. Could you explain to them, what is gut health? What are we talking about? And why does it matter?
1: So the way I'm going to look at the gut is I'm going to look at everything from your mouth down to the rectum. Basically, that is your gut. So everything we take in first, it starts to get digested in the mouth. So um, a lot of people aren't making enough, actually, saliva sometimes, and you don't have enough digestive enzymes in the saliva to help start breaking the food down. So as we start eating the food, it's and we don't even chew food anymore. Think about it. How many times are you eat the drive-through, getting your food so you can eat while you're going to work or wherever, right? So people are just shoving things in. They're not even chewing and enjoying their food. It's just a thing. And then, um, so that already starts the problem. We we we're eating on the go, so body can't digest. The food gets into the stomach. Problem with a lot of that is when the food's in the stomach, we're combining. Most people think they have stomach acid problems. They think they need to have, you know, they've they've got reflux. So they think they need to take a pill. What we found is most people don't have enough acid in the stomach. And a lot of that comes from the foods that we're eating. So we're eating too fast. We're stressed out when we eat. We're having lots of sugars. We're having um, a lot of um, artificial things in our foods that are going into the stomach. And those things can actually affect the amount of acid the stomach produces so when the stomach's not producing the food properly, it's not breaking down that food, okay? So you have two valves on your stomach. One that sends uh, that protects food from going into your esophagus, and one that keeps it from going into the small valve. Well, the one in the esophagus is weaker than the other one. So if the food's sitting in your stomach, and you don't have enough enzymes and you don't have enough digestive acids to break it down, the food actually starts to bubble and gurgle. And that's why people get indigestion, they start feeling a little sick to their stomach. And the next thing you know, there's so much gas in there that that... Top valve, the one for the esophagus, actually kind of breaks open, and we start getting reflux. Start getting food coming back up, and it's because the body is just really slow in digesting. So <sighs> what? <laughs> in that,
0: in okay, my life. mind is blown because if, what you are explaining is exactly opposite of everything that seems common sense. That that we just naturally, oh, I feel sick. I, I must have too much stomach acid, so I need to take an antacid. What happens if I take an antacid when my stomach is too low in acid? Is that going to hurt me? More. Really?
1: Well, no, it's, it's not. I wouldn't say it's going to hurt permanently kind of thing, but you're definitely going to feel the reflex. Up. So when you when you lower the acid more, you're actually just going to have more symptoms. And unfortunately, when we get a little bit older, our, our bodies, the, they the docs will say, you're older, so you're not making as much acid. But you, you're still making the acid. It's just you're not making it at the right timing. So people will eat, and their body's slow to say, oh, there's food in the stomach. Let's put out acid. And sometimes they're not eating things that would actually cause your body to want to digest. So we live on liquid (laughs) diets, coffee, sodas, things like that. And so those things will actually make you feel full. But um, your body kind of gets out of the training of actually releasing acids to break down the proteins and start breaking down some of the fats and some of the carbohydrates. So that's what causes some of that in the body. So let's say that we we got past that. Um, The stomach has now digested it as much as possible. It's released the food into the small bowel. Okay, so there's an interesting thing. Um, most people don't, don't get this. Your gallbladder and your pancreas are going to secrete um, some buffering agents, basically. So the gallbladder is going to release bile, and um, the pancreas is going to release, um, um, basically it's like calcium carbonate. It's, going to, it's actually going to buffer the stomach contents coming from there. as long as the stomach um, acid was a certain level. Your stomach should be 1 to 3 on a pH scale. So that's like battery acid, that's like really super strong. That's why when you get a reflex, it can really burn, because that esophageal tissue is not designed to be able to have that kind of acid. The stomach is, esophagus isn't, and neither is the small bowel. So what happens is the pancreas puts out an enzyme to, or it buffers the acid. The gallbladder puts out bile, and both of those are released at the same time that the stomach actually releases the contents into the small bowel, into the, the duodenum in that area. So now it's buffered it. But that bile also starts to help break down more of the fats in the body. So the fats that we take in, we have to actually, the, the liver makes bile, your, your um, gallbladder concentrates that bile. So now it's in that area, of the small bowel, to actually break down the fat, to help break it down. Because you can't break down otherwise. Um, and then the pancreas is putting out digestive enzymes to start helping break all those things down. Okay, So do you see there's already a lot of things that could be going wrong in our diet. And the way we eat. And so people don't realize that. And I have lots of clients that come and say, well, I don't have a gallbladder anymore. And it's like, okay, well, that's a problem right there. Because if you don't have a gallbladder, your liver now has to do that job again. And most of the people that had a problem had gallstones. And they'd have pain, so the docs just take out the gallbladder rather than fix the problem. And sometimes you'll, you can have major issues that you need to have it taken out. But really it comes down to you just got to, there's things that you can eat and take into your system to help the the gallbladder do its job. Bile salts are the biggest thing, so you can actually get supplemental bile salts, and that will help. So people that don't have a gallbladder to come in, they're going to have a hard time losing weight because you can't break down fat. You need, you know, you need to have that to be able to break it down. We need fats in our diet because fat does a lot of things for the brain, does a lot of things for the tissues, and so if you can't break down the fat, then you pretty much are kind of at a disadvantage right away.
0: That makes sense. Um, Yeah, so I'm I'm getting this. Yeah, that's a lot. I I should be taking notes here. So there are a lot of components. There's a lot going on in my small intestine. There's as the food is being broken down, and it's supposed to be broken down into something that's usable so it can go out and feed all of my my tissues, all of my cells. But in order to get to that point then a lot of pieces need to be functioning properly. And if things are not breaking down the fats properly, if things aren't doing this and that and the other properly, then I'm gonna have what kind of issues am I going to have? I mean, it's beyond weight. What what other problems am I gonna have?
1: Well let's let's go to what the good bacteria do. So we've got into the small bowel now.
0: Okay, so okay. So I'm here I am.
1: So we're in the small bowel. Okay. And so what happens is the good bacteria... Um, I wrote down just the list of a couple of things. So it's going to support your immune system. And a lot of people don't realize that, let's say, anything about... I'd say 70% and above of your immune system is actually created in your gut.
0: Okay. Will you repeat that?
1: 70 to 80%, maybe even more, of your immune system is located in your gut.
0: My immune system is in my mm-hmm. gut. Okay. And, and
1: to, to make that even hit the point more you could actually be paralyzed and, and, and in a wheelchair and your gut still works because it has its own nervous system wow. that's how important it is so it okay. actually is your second brain as they call it okay and so if you have bad if you don't have good balance of the um what we call the flora all the the microorganisms in the gut your your immune system's not going to work very well people get sick all the time right so um, the one of the biggest things that will knock that down is a lot of sugar, and sugar does a lot of things to the immune system um, because it stresses the body out. But it's actually anything that damages these bacteria, so they can't do their job. That's going to be causing a problem. So <laughs> Sorry. that's the first.
0: Thing. I'm trying to wrap my head around this. Hold on, I have this flora, this bacteria, this good bacteria that I need to have in my small intestine, and that is what's helping keep me healthy am protecting me from the bad bacteria and the viruses that want to make me sick. Is that is that what we're saying here? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> wow. Okay. So we we need these. Um, it's just so counterintuitive because you know I, I you know you go to school and it's bacteria is bad, viruses are bad. These things hurt you, and now you're saying, okay, this is not only necessary for your digestion. This is necessary for your. Um, your, your health, your well-being, your, your immune system, you're getting better. So where do I get these good bacteria? What else do they do? Do you
1: remember back in the day when we were allowed as little kids to go outside and play in the dirt?
0: On the olden days? Uh-huh.
1: Yep, in the olden days. We, we played in the dirt. We probably didn't wash our hands, probably ate off our hands. There's bacteria in our soil. That's one of the places people actually get it.
0: Oh, we need to be and eating more dirt? <laughs>
1: you no, know, that's, that's there's a lot of microorganisms that are good for us. That are that are in the soils. I mean, that's we grow up and all that stuff. Um, babies that haven't been breastfed aren't going to get the nutrients. They're not getting them from mom. We have so many cesarean deliveries. They're not having vaginal deliveries. There's no, they're not being exposed to the bacteria, and so um, their bodies. You're not getting it. And then the biggest thing. Let's say we have bacteria in the gut, but if you're not feeding it, it's going to die or it's not going to be healthy, right? So how do we feed bacteria? We give it fiber, okay? Where does fiber come from?
0: Our vegetables, our legumes, our, yeah.
1: And okay. how many people do you think eat enough vegetables?
0: Three. <laughs>
1: Nobody <laughs> eats them, right? No. In my office, people say, well, I like I like fruit better. It has the same things in it. I'm like, not really. I mean, it, it's it got some, you know, there's, there's some antioxidants and other things that are in it, but it's really more sugary because of the fruit said, So vegetables, have all the good fibers. And the thing is, we can't digest that fiber normally because we don't need it, but the bacteria live on it. When the bacteria eat it, it makes them grow. And one of the big problems is... And then we make... The bacteria make something called lactic acid. You heard lactic acid?
0: Are these the good ones or the bad ones?
1: They're good. The good ones make this. Really good, yes. Okay, okay. The lactic acid is like... After I went and worked out of the gym... Yeah, so I'm thinking my muscles. Okay, that's just a byproduct of metabolism. But... The good bacteria in the gut make lactic acid, which helps to deter the bad bacteria, the bad viruses, the bad funguses and yeasts and molds. It actually helps to kill them, get rid of them. We need a balance. We need to have even have the bad guys kind of in there, but we need them under control. Wow. it's, it's, It's a diversity. You have to think of things in a diversity. Okay, okay. <laughs> so you have a neighborhood, and you want the neighborhood to be diverse because you want some flair in the neighborhood, and, and certain people bring certain elements to a neighborhood. But you don't want one whole type of you know neighborhood because then it's you know you're not getting all those extra helpers. So the gut is kind of like that. We need wow. to have diversity.
0: Okay. Okay. Let me see if I can recap a little bit. We have this good bacteria that we need in our gut, and part of our problems are that. It is possible that we did not obtain them either through we weren't nursing or some other issue. So we, we, we didn't have that initial, uh, input that we were supposed to. And then whether we did or whether we didn't, we have a tendency to kill the positive bacteria and instead feed the harmful bacteria because the good ones eat the fiber from the vegetables that we're not eating. And Mm -hmm. the bad ones live off the sugar that we get a whole bunch of. Okay. So now my gut, instead of being full of this healthy, positive bacteria that is helping me with my immune system, that is helping me to digest my food and to break it down and to feed my body. Now my gut is full of all of the bad ones so what is going to happen to me now
1: well you're not going to be able to create b vitamins your gut makes b vitamins helps with making vitamin k because you're not going to get the good bile salt recycling um you're not going to be able to absorb vitamins d which is good for the immune system e a and k again okay so those are really important um but because you have too much bad bacteria, let's say, you're going to have, um, think of the good bacteria as also like sentries. It's protecting, there's only one layer thick going from your inside of your, your gut into your bloodstream. So if we don't have those anymore, we don't have these guards, and the bad bacteria and the fungus and stuff, they don't care. What they're going to do is allow things to go through, and that's what we call leaky gut. So now we're getting things absorbed that shouldn't have been absorbed in the first place. And when you absorb, so remember, everything's made up of amino acid sequences. So your body says, okay, I recognize this sequence as food, and I'm going to let it pass. But if something passed through because you don't have the guard there at the gate that's too big, your immune system will start tagging those things because it doesn't know what it is. So it says, I think that's a bad guy, so we're going to tag it. So now your body's starting to make antibodies against it. And if that happened to be a food substance, then you suddenly have allergies, food allergies. Wow. That's, that's how a lot of those things will start off. And it could even get a little bit more complicated because if that sequence of amino acids looks similar to, say, an organ, your body can start tagging the organ itself and say, there's a problem with that organ. We don't know. And it actually starts attacking itself. So autoimmune diseases can start becoming a, wow. something.
0: Wow. So food issues, oh. autoimmune issues. Okay.
1: And then... Um, if you're not making enough, of, you don't have enough for good bacteria, 90%, do you know what the serotonin is? Mm-hmm. So that neurotransmitter makes us feel good and happy. Yeah. 90% of it is made in your, in your gut with those bacteria. 90.
0: So, 90%. Wow. So if people don't have that, that's why they're craving sugars because the brain says, I need something
1: to make me feel better. And sugar makes them feel better, right? So they eat more and more sugar. So they're proliferating the problem by going from... We're not feeding the good bacteria anymore, and it's actually dying off. When we're feeding the, the fungus, the yeast, the candida, things like that, and the bad bacteria. And now we don't make the, our immune system shot. We're not making serotonin. We just feel crappy. We feel lethargic, um, a lot of depression. And then we start getting things like ADD and other issues because, again, you need those neurotransmitters to help with the brain. And if you're not getting that, then that becomes, you know, we start sowing symptoms of other things.
0: So this is not a little problem. This is huge. It affects okay. everything. You've talked about food allergies. You've talked about autoimmune disorders. We've talked about ADD. We've talked about um, depression, and, and I, I mean, and, and just not feeling good. So yeah. what you're describing is what most uh, we hear everywhere. People everywhere are saying, "I don't, I don't feel good. I don't feel good." Okay, so now that we have identified that this is a problem, can we take the next step? How do I fix it?
1: One of the big things um, that can knock it down besides not getting enough when you were born and first being raised, where um, the bacteria you're getting enough and weren't growing it is, for example, one course of antibiotics, a week-long course, can shut down that system for six months to two years. Hmm. It takes your body that long to, to reestablish those good bacteria. That's what a lot of people say, well, I don't take, I don't take antibiotics because I don't take antibiotics. But the problem is they are raising our food on antibiotics. And they're calling it, we're, they're, it's a preventative, trying to keep them from getting diseases. But um, the chickens that we eat, you know, the cow, the pork, all those things, yeah. they're giving them shots of antibiotics all the time. So that is still in the, the meats that we're eating. So we're getting these antibiotics. Just in the the very foods that we're eating, that even if you think it's healthy. Um, so that's one of the things I tell people is if, and I can't guarantee the whole foods types of places has even the best, but if you had a local farmer, rancher, somebody that did their own, and you could, you know, and you knew that they weren't putting antibiotics in the feed and giving them shots, then, then that's good. But the thing is, all the foods and things that we, it, it really comes down to what we're eating too now. So, Let's get rid of the antibiotic-laden meats, drop the sugars, start increasing our um, our good, non, what I call non-starchy vegetables. So the vegetables that are good, you know, you got kale, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, um, bok choy, you know, things of that nature, cabbage, good things like that. Those are things that are going to help to feed that good bacteria. The problem is when we have a gut that's not designed for it yet, you may have a lot of gas at first because those take a lot to break down. So we got to kind of help that out. Um, and that's where you will take probiotics to kind of help out. Okay, So people say, well, I take probiotics all the time and I'm still having a problem. Well, part of it is because you almost have to take it as a prophylactic. You have to take it to kind of break down the foods that you're eating. Make sure you're taking digestive enzymes as well. But we've got to um, inoculate that bowel with these new bacteria, but we have to clear out all the garbage first. We have to get rid of all the—if you think of your bowel—so I tell people, you think of this as the inside. um, These little—my fingers represent the villi. This area is where all the bacteria live, and inside here is blood vessels, right? So the food's absorbed through here into the blood vessels, and that takes it into the system. If this any of this area is damaged—I mean, we have trillions of bacteria— if, those, if, the, if they don't have a place to live, then we can take all the, uh, the probiotics we want, but it's not going to do anything because it can't, they can't get themselves um, entrenched in the, in the gut. They need to have some help. So we've got, that's why we've got to really clean up the diet and start doing some things, increasing the fiber. Um, you want to do some things like uh, kefir, sauerkraut, some of those other types of fermentation, um, types of foods because they'll help at least provide an environment for that good bacteria to live in. But it kind of all goes to not when you just eat sugars and then you start doing a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, coffee, alcohol, sugars, preservatives, things like that are the things that are going to knock down those good bacteria. Um, and then if you're digesting wrong and the bacteria, so imagine again, if the food is too big coming out of the stomach, because it really should be the consistency of like a yogurt. Once it's done, if it's coming out, and there's chunks because things haven't been digested. That could actually kill those good bacteria just because it's so big. It's just you know, it's just hitting them and you know, basically knocking them out. So, so things like that are going to be important for us to have. Um, nuts and seeds are good to have. Um, you want to you want to diversify your vegetables because sometimes, like I find that I love salad, but I eat the same things over and over. Well, you, you want to diversify so that you get new kinds of things feeding the bacteria a different way. And so, plus it's always good just to try something different because that's what happens. People get bored of foods and then they start having to add things to it to try and make it taste better to them, sugary things typically. So that's kind of where I would go with people. i say, okay, let's, first of all, let's see where you're getting things that could be bothering it. Don't take antibiotics if you don't need it for an emergency. Um, Watch where you're getting your meats and things. And then let's start going into the new types of eating. And again, when we're eating a different way, it's hard for the body first, so we do have to do more of the digestive types of things. Um, one of the things people can do to help is uh, apple cider vinegar is really good at helping the stomach to get the pH right again. So I tell people maybe a fourth of a teaspoon of apple cider vinegar, maybe 15 minutes before before your meal, will help start breaking that down
0: and that increases the the stomach acid to help it to be able to be better uh, better uh broken down before it gets into the small intestine okay plus it's going
1: to signal the pancreas and the gallbladder to do their job so that because again if if they're not doing their job and we have this really acidic stomach content going in there it's actually think about it it's burning it up like lava flow coming in and that will kill those bacteria as well the good bacteria so that's why we want to buffer that but that would be the first place i'd start um, besides the fact of you know, what you're eating, what you're choosing to eat. And then just chew your food. Make sure you're chewing your food good. I mean, do the old, I don't know, I never grew up with it, where I lived on cold cereal and milk. I mean, I was lucky to be alive, you know, and I took antibiotics for every little thing. So it took a while for my um, my gut health to come back. And I, I basically used to deal with anxiety a lot because, and then once I found out a lot about what was going on, I started healing the gut and the anxiety went away because that's part of the serotonin thing. So, you know, I never just never felt good. Just never felt good. No matter what I did, never felt good. Um, and I always felt like I had to go back to sugars and stuff. And that's kind of another thing that got me to where I'm at now. So I'm like, I got to find something that works better.
0: Wow. It. You know, and it's so interesting about how, again, things are, are kind of counterintuitive because the thing that makes us feel good is the sugar. The thing that makes us feel good is our, our go-to comfort food. And then you mentioned when I, if I start eating, I, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to change my ways. Now I'm going to be eating broccoli. I'm going to be eating Brussels sprouts. I'm going to be eating these good things. Then my body's response is to make me sick. And, and that's makes me not want to do that. It makes yeah. me want to go back to my sugar. So what you're suggesting is as we're going through this change this transformation to uh to supplement our body and help make it easier by and, and you mentioned the apple cider vinegar taking was it a quarter teaspoon before 15 minutes Put
1: it in water and do that about 15 minutes before i take more than that but it takes some getting used to because it, it is it's acidic it's vinegar i mean it's it's got some acid to it. that's what it's supposed to do but that will just help with that and then the other thing is you know Get some basic um, digestive enzymes. You want um, things that can break up, lipase, amylase, um, cellulase, things like that. And one of the te- things that I tell a person is, if you want to test to see how good your digestive enzyme is, I actually have them go get a – remember the snack pack puddings? Uh-huh. I have them get a
0: snack pack pudding, and I have them you know, take off the lid and everything, take one of the enzymes,
1: break it apart, put it in the snack pack, stir it for a couple minutes. If it's a if it's a doing a quality job, it'll turn that into almost a milk.
0: You know? Really?
1: Yeah, I told you don't eat it afterwards because it's garbage.
0: How, how long does minutes. it take to get that kind of response? Two minutes. Two minutes.
1: It doesn't take very long at all. If you're just stirring it, just a couple of minutes. If it's taken longer than that, it doesn't have the right things in it, or it's not available. Because there's one thing: nutrients have to be bioavailable. They have to be something that can be broken, you know, broken down by the body. And not a lot of people are going to be taking a capsule, opening it up, and then putting it right in their system. So you need to make sure you can at least digest the capsule. But, um, yeah, that's the other thing that good bacteria do is they help with the bioavailability of nutrients. So when people don't have good bacteria, they can eat all this food, but they're not getting nutrients, and they feel hungry all the time. They feel weak. So the thing that's the easiest to break down for, for anything in your body is sugar because it's just glucose molecules. So that's why we crave it. And that's why the brain, it's like the brain becomes possessed. <laughs> it's like, I need something. Give me something. I don't care. You know? And so you're going for the simple things. Because if you think about it, the comfort foods are always going to be sugary things or breads, pastas, crackers. For me, potatoes. Mashed potatoes. Love those.
0: I need to. That's just
1: the comfort food. There's nothing in them that's, that has very rare is there any kind of nutritive value in a lot of those things. If they're holy, it might be different. But that still can break down kind of quick. And and the goal here is we don't want to increase too much sugar because um, then we start having problems with insulin. And the good bacteria helps to balance out your sugars. So if the good bacteria aren't doing their job, then our sugars stay up a little bit. And then we start getting into a potential problem of being what we call insulin resistant, which means your body's not recognizing insulin. And when you have sugary things, um, and this is why you can't lose weight because when you have sugary or starchy things or even fruit, The body can't take that glucose and put it into the muscles that need to use it because the body's resistant to that. So what happens is insulin takes that sugar and puts it around the fat cells of your tummy because they never go, they never get really resistant. So that's why people get big, big bellies, and that's why when they're having bad bacteria in their gut and they're not having that balance, they can't lose weight because they're not, they're not. If you're not absorbing food, your body's not going to let go of the fat that's inside because that's potential energy. So if it's not getting anything new, it's like when you have a bank account but you're not getting paid, you're not going to go in your savings account. That's the last thing you're going to do. You're actually going to slow down your spending so the body slows down its metabolism. So if I can't get nutrients in, I'm just going to be sleepy all the time. I'm just going to be and your brain doesn't work, you're foggy thinking, you you have inflammation because your body's not clearing things out. It's it's basically going on you know, it's, it's on a budget now. It's like I don't have much energy and I don't know when I'm going to get it so I'll just sleep a lot or I won't do anything. I'll just be a couch potato and and then, as much as possible, it's going to crave those sugary things It gives it that boost of energy. But again, if the sugar can't get absorbed, the brain says, "I don't know where it went. I didn't get any of that, so I want more." And it just—you it, it, become addicted to it. I mean, that's that's why sugar is addictive because wow. it, it releases endorphins too. So we feel really good with that.
0: Isn't that amazing? So if we clear up our gut, it's going to help with our foggy thinking. It's going to help with this fat around our middle. It's going to help with our immune system. It's going to help with all of these different things and it starts with the gut and you know and I'm glad you mentioned the weight thing because um, we, we, at the very beginning we talked a little bit about weight loss and and now we're talking about gut health and some people might be thinking, well how is this connected to weight loss? It's very connected to our weight loss mm-hmm. into our body being able to make those changes. So sometimes people can even eat a healthy a healthy diet but they're not getting the response. Because maybe their gut health is not in a good place right now.
1: Yeah, so your body's job is to survive. It's doing whatever it can to survive what's going on. So it's reading the environment all the time. And weight loss is its last thing. Because if weight loss was that big of an issue for the body, we would never have anybody that's in the three, 400-pound ring. The body wouldn't allow that because that's counterproductive to what it's doing. But um, it's just trying to stay alive. And so for doing things that are knocking down what its normal abilities are, it's it's... Focused on like, well, I gotta find energy. So again, the brain says, "I'll just make us crave energy all the time. I'll make us crave things." But yeah, you're never gonna get well until you get that basic. You, you gotta have nutrients coming in, and if again they can't be digested properly, they're not gonna come in. And see, so your the small bowel bacteria create something else called butyric acid, which is what feeds the colon cells, and and that's you know. So if the colon cells are doing what they're supposed to do then basically that's going to help with that insulin resistance. So now we are more responsive to what insulin is doing. And insulin is able to get the nutrients to the brain, to the muscles, and to the cells of the body. So it's this, it's a chain of things that have to happen. And, and I was mentioning to you before we started this, um, you know, I, I my car was not working the way I wanted it to work, and so I took it into a mechanic, and I was talking about how I had put in all these additives, spent all this money on the fuel additives and oil additives, and they said, well, you know what? Your spark plugs are bad you got a valve that's not allowing certain things to happen and all this stuff. But, you know, he says you can put all the good gas in you want, but it's not going to work because you have to have something processing that gas as it goes through the chambers and everything. And if they're not working properly, that fuel you put in isn't going to do anything. And and you're not going to be fuel efficient either. And, And that's exactly how the body is. It's just we need to fix the machinery inside. But most people don't even know they have machinery. They don't think about it until they get sick. And then they start looking at it. I mean, it's like when people have, you know, they've been diagnosed with some sort of cancer. One of the things that we train to do to support people like that is eat healthy. Let's let's give your body a break because um, if we can get the immune system back up, the body's so strong, it can do a lot of you know, people that have had great success just getting healthier. And you know, sometimes it takes something like that to get somebody just really motivated. And and I tell a person if if you have chronic pain, and see, this is what I would do as a chiropractor. I'd have people come in and would be digesting them, and they're like, you know, I feel good for a couple days, and I come back because it hurts again. And, and some of it's bad posture and what they're doing at work, but a lot of it is their body doesn't have the ability to fight inflammation, and so they're always hurting. And when you start asking people about nutrition, they don't want to go there because they're like, well, that shouldn't affect me. I'm, you know, everybody eats perfect, you know, if it talks to me. They all eat perfect. They don't <laughs>
0: We all eat perfect, don't we? I
1: have to say, based upon
0: results, <laughs> there you working. go. And isn't that interesting? I'm so glad you brought that up because for many of us, we're, we're a, a, a little bit lazy and I might say, man, I would like to feel better and I would like to look better, but don't ask me to do anything that's going to take any of my time, cause me any discomfort, cause any, or have, make me do any effort or, um. And certainly, you know, make sure that it's free, give me instantaneous results. And if, if out of those, the one thing that is negotiable is that whether or not it's free, because if you can promise me all the other things that it doesn't take me any time, that it doesn't cost any effort, it causes no discomfort and gives instantaneous results, then people will pay whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. And Americans, we spend $33 billion a year on, on diet stuff. Because we are, like your example, in the car, we're, we're trying to put in some additives, something that's going to fix it. But if the machinery inside isn't working, um, it's not going to work very well. So the bad news is the quick fix plan isn't going to help very much, right?
1: Not at all. I mean, I have clients come in the office that have gone and done. They've had um, tummy tucks, liposuction, and sculpting all these things, and, I, and I, I I share this example. I say, have you seen the movie or the show Hoarders, where people are hoarding things in their house? right? You know, they, they collect things. They can't get rid of things. So you walk in their house, and you cannot even move around. And some are so bad that they're crawling in their house. They're crawling around things. It's a condition these people have. There's something, you know, but in the show, they show people coming in to clean up the house, and the poor person is sitting there going, I need that piece of paper. I need that. And and we can understand it because we're not in that condition. But I share with my clients. I say your body is a hoarder. Your body will hoard what it thinks it needs for energy. So if if you're not getting proper nutrition, it's going to keep holding on to that fat. And any new fat that comes in, or any sugar that makes it in, but doesn't get used as a fuel, will get converted to fat. and I said we. So you can go get liposuction done and tummy tuck and get rid of fat cells. But that's like that hoarder. Taking getting rid of their garage, so they can't store in the garage anymore. Well, they're going to store someplace else then. So what I see in people's bodies is they start storing in their arms, start storing in their legs, start storing in their face because they got their tummy taken care of. So we can't store there anymore because those storage places are gone. But nothing got fixed. The mechanisms are still broken. Your body still is wanting to will store you know fat where it can, and then we start just looking.
0: You know, we have these big blobby patches of fat that. You know,
1: and you can't you can't suck it all out. You can't have liposuction for every part of your body. What <laughs> so, you know, and and if some people get a lot of surgeries, I find that it's actually starts getting around the organs. When you have fat around your organs, you need a little bit of fat for insulation stuff. But that fat around your organs actually becomes very inflammatory, and that leads to diabetic problems, congestive heart failure, possible strokes, um, liver issues. Uh, they, they're starting to call it. Used to be called. Um, alcoholic liver right so fatty liver from alcohol now there's more people having fatty livers from too much fructose and it's usually high fructose corn syrup that's in our foods but it's also some people just eat a lot of fruit that they don't need for energy and if your body can't use that fructose and the liver is the only organ that can break down fructose basically i think the kidney can do a little bit but it's mainly the liver if it doesn't need it for energy the liver will store that in inside of itself and we get a fatty liver and as the liver gets so full of fat, it actually starts to leak out and it gets around the, all the organs. And that's where we get those pregnant-looking bellies that you see on guys, or, or ladies too, but it's big. It's a protruding belly like it's pregnant. And that's just fat that's underneath that muscle wall pushing everything out. And that has to be changed through diet. There's nothing else you can do with that. You have to change things.
0: Oh, isn't that sad? We have to change. In order for things to improve, we have to improve. In order for our situation to change, we have to change. And real, authentic solutions require some effort, which is not what we want to hear, but the truth right. is the truth. So um, I appreciate that, that you, if anybody is interested in working with you, I will make sure to include um, in the show notes uh, having someone who really knows and understands what they're doing can be helpful when you're working through this process. Is there anything that you want to make sure that we cover before we close today?
1: Well, one of the things is that this is—I mean, it's—it's it's kind of almost a um, talking. It's like how our society is. We want instant gratification. You mentioned that we want—we don't want to work for anything anymore. I mean, you remember the old days where—and some families still do this where. The mom or the dad, they're cooking all day and they're it's a it's a part of an event. We don't we sit in front of the TV eating, or like I said, in our car. So that's where the starting problem is, is we're looking for something instant. We're so busy in life that we're not even worried about the machinery. Like more, more people take better care of their cars, except me, than 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 their bodies. And so um, just it's a it's a whole thing. This is this is all about your spiritual part of your life. It's just not only your physical and your body, but then it's that mental part. You know, we just need to be whole completely. And when we get there, because food can become something that just gets us to where we need to go. Or food can be, it's our entertainment. It can be all these things. And and it's not supposed to be that. It's supposed to just give us, it's it's fine to have a good meal and enjoy it and and really enjoy it, like a good dessert and stuff. But when that meal is just what you're looking forward to because your life sucks, (laughs) you know, a lot of people are like, all I care about is my food. And don't take away that from me because that's what gives me joy. And it's like, well, we got to find joy somewhere else because that type of eating will kill you. I mean, it's really not healthy for you. And you're just going to go downhill and your problems get worse. Because remember, I said serotonin is made in your gut. So if you're not feeling healthy and happy and excited, that's where it's not about a Prozac or Xanax deficiency. It's your body's not making those neurotransmitters there. So. It's just, we have to look at it from the viewpoint and have a plan. Just say, okay, I'm going to just start eating one step at a time. It's got to be even better. So I just told people start eating more vegetables. Just have a few more vegetables. Start cutting out the breads and the cereals a little bit. Obviously, don't have the sugars, but give yourself a break. Every once in a while, if you want a sugar, have some. I'm wearing Christmas time now, so people are going to eat junk. But just moderate it. And moderation doesn't fix all the problems, but it, it, it makes it so you can mentally deal with it. Because once you have sugar, it's still there's an effect. Whether it was one teaspoon or five, it still has an effect. But if you if it helps you to not have the other piece of cake, have a little nibble of this and that, and and so. But we've got to address because if somebody needs something like that, I, I we have to ask the question: Why do you think you need that? It's just like anybody who has any kind of addiction. It's like what drives you to do that thing, and and once you can get to that, then from a psychological viewpoint, you can, you can start fixing some of those things and, and, and finding other ways. Like stress is not, I used to eat a lot of junk when I had stress, but now I can go for a walk or I can put on some music that brings things down. Um, so there's other avenues to that. So that's the what I tell people. It's like start small, but start somewhere. But it has to, you know, basically just know that you've got a relationship with food and is that relationship working for you or working against you? And then from there, once you have those answers, then you start asking more questions. It's all about asking yourself questions. Like when I want to eat something, I look and say, what am I going to feel like five minutes for now? Because in five minutes, that's going to be gone. Am I going to want more? Am I going to be satisfied? Did that do it for me? And then then you're, you're in control. You're in that now moment. So you're not making decisions. Then the worst thing is sitting at a desk like this and having a bowl of something that you mindlessly eat. Make it something you have to prepare because you want to be mindful. If you're not mindful, you don't even know what you're doing. It's like spending a hundred dollars versus spending five dollars. When you have to break that hundred dollar bill versus breaking a five dollar bill, you think more, right? I mean, I do. And so I tell people, if you need to, if you feel like you get the munches at work, let's get something you actually have to focus on rather than just doing this while you're typing on your computer. And that that mindfulness is a starting point because we're we're so programmed just to eat certain ways.
0: I love that, and my favorite part was start small, but start somewhere. And I mm-hmm. think that's excellent advice. Well, Dr. Dale, thank you so much for visiting with me today. This has been very helpful.
1: I'm, I'm glad. I, I hope it was. There's a lot of information there, but hopefully it just gives people an idea to look a little more, you know, because they can do some research on this, but yeah, start somewhere and it doesn't matter how small steps, but you're starting and then just take a little, another step, another step, another step, and you'll get there.
0: Excellent. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Mahatma Gandhi. He said, it is health that is real wealth and not pieces of gold and silver. Today, I invite you to make the effort to enjoy the wealth of good health. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. Please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. And if you'd like to heal your life from the inside out, There is a free video series at hopeforhealingfoundation.org. Just click on the free stuff tab. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, Like Crushed, A Journey Through Depression, and You Got This, an action plan to calm fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.